Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Saucon Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit SaucinSource.com. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of No Rain Date, the official podcast of Sock and Source and a weekly source of local news and interviews for our listeners. This is the local news roundup for the week ending September 4th, 2020. It was a scary moment for a driver whose vehicle ended up perched on the edge of the Freemansburg Bridge on Wednesday. An eyewitness shared photographs with Sock and Source, which we published in a story on Thursday that show a sedan wedged between the Jersey barrier and the edge of the bridge, with part of the car actually dangling off the edge of the bridge, many feet above the railroad tracks that run underneath it. Apparently, from comments on Facebook, this has happened before in the recent past, so Some readers even suggested that perhaps that intersection, which is a little tricky because it's not a three-way stop, should be re-examined. If you're familiar with the area, this was at the the eastern end of the bridge near Steel City in Lower Saucon Township. Fortunately, it appeared that the driver was uninjured. It's unclear what caused the accident, although it did look like the roads were wet at the time. We certainly hope that everybody stays safe on the roads out there this fall as we are likely to see more bad weather and and obviously winter's coming. So watch the speeds and be careful. School buses are also on the roads as of last week. In other news, the campaign season is heating up. This is obviously a presidential election year. And along with that, we're seeing more reports of campaign signs being stolen from yards throughout Saucon Valley and into Upper Bucks County. As a matter of fact, in the Kindersville, Upper Black Eddy area of Nakamixon Township in Bucks County, there have been several reports of either stolen or damaged Trump flags and signs. And this is all within the same relatively small area It's a rural area, so perhaps the signs aren't close to the homes that they're attached to. That's just unfortunate because everybody certainly has a right to express their opinion respectfully, and some people choose to do that with signs supporting a particular candidate. In Hellertown, we had a story this week about a case involving two juveniles who are charged with allegedly removing and or defacing, damaging Trump signs from a resident's property. In any case, that's not an acceptable form of expression to do that. We at Sock and Source support freedom of speech, and using a yard sign to show support for a particular candidate is certainly a form of that. Unfortunately, we're likely to see this continue for the next two months until the presidential election, and As a matter of fact, these types of incidents typically increase as the election gets closer. So the local police will no doubt be busy investigating these types of reports. And I should also note that in more and more cases, there is video surveillance 
of the signs being stolen or damaged. That's because recording surveillance equipment is much more readily available than it was even a few years ago. Many people now have ring doorbells that can record uh, high-resolution video. So if you're somebody out there who thinks you're going to you know, damage somebody's sign or remove it and nobody will ever know, I would rethink that because the police are you know, utilizing video when it's available to identify suspects, make arrests, and press charges. In other crime-related news, there was a bank robbery earlier this week in Sellersville. The Percocet police are investigating the robbery with assistance from the FBI because Percocet has an agreement with Sellersville and patrols Sellersville Borough. The robber was described as a black male. He robbed the key bank in downtown Sellersville. He was also described as wearing a black face mask, which unfortunately for crime solvers, that's the norm, whether you're in a bank now or in any other business. And criminals are taking advantage of that, no doubt, to further their criminal efforts. So there's a story about the bank robbery on Sock and Source. You can view uh, surveillance photos of the suspect that were provided by Percocy police, and they are certainly seeking tips uh, as they continue to investigate that case. And I should also mention that it was an armed robbery and a handgun was displayed. You'll find a full description of the suspect in the article on Sock and Source. In local literary news, Ann Corley Baum, who's a Saucon Valley resident and well-known executive, mentor, speaker, and author, has released a new book. It's called Small Mistakes, Big Consequences for Interviews. And it's a great book. It was a pleasure to interview Anne and learn more about it. It basically uses different characters to illustrate the don'ts of interviewing, which has changed somewhat in recent years, and especially this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. More interviews are being conducted online via platforms such as Zoom. So the traditional interview in which you meet with somebody face-to-face has gone by the wayside in many cases. However, Anne said that most of the best practices for interviewing remain the same whether you're doing it online or in person. And she has some great advice that she's sharing through these examples in the book. It's just a fun read. And I think like if you are a recent college graduate or know somebody who is, it would be a really neat gift for them because it's not anything very academic, but it gets the point across. And the characters in it are very relatable, whether you're somebody who's gone on thousands of job interviews or hasn't interviewed for a job in many, many years. And I would be the latter, but um, I I've, could really relate to um, characters that she that she brings to life. And she's also working on another book in this series. This was actually the second book in the Small Mistakes, Big Consequences series, which is published, I should add, by Mimosa Publishing, a woman-owned business that's also based in Lower Saucon Township. And we have partnered with them in the past on some content and also had the publisher of Mimosa Publishing, Jennifer Bright, on the podcast earlier this year. 
So you can go back through the episodes and listen to that. We had several authors, including Anne, as part of that discussion group, and that was a lot of fun. We also wanted to draw your attention to a story we have currently about the Crime Victims Council of Lehigh Valley, which is a great nonprofit organization. It's actually been around for nearly 50 years. Sometimes organizations that are that well-established sort of are taken for granted and maybe aren't at the forefront of people's minds as much as they once were. And that's why it's important to to share the information about who they are, the services they offer, and our, our story about the Crime Victims Council does that. They offer free, confidential support and services to victims of crime. We spoke with Emily Gregonis, who's the Supervisor of Community Outreach and Educational Programming for Crime Victims Council. And she told us about some of the challenges that they've faced in outreach because of the coronavirus. There was a rise in domestic violence. They've also not been able to participate in the many outreach events that they normally do. Many things have moved online, obviously. It's important for people to know that their services are still available. They operate a 24-hour crisis hotline. They also have trained personnel who can go to an emergency room to help the victim of a sexual assault. Those are just a couple examples of important support services that they offer. So I would encourage you to check that out. Lastly, we have a story that's food-related, but it's not the good kind of food-related story. Giant has recalled their squash noodle medley. Some people call these squash noodles zoodles. They recalled the packaging from the mid to late August period. A certain UPC code was recalled on Wednesday after a sample of it tested positive for listeria. So uh, if you perhaps have that in your freezer, you might want to take it out and check the UPC code against the number in our story just to make sure that it's not the same And if you do happen to have that, you can return it to any giant store for a refund. That is our roundup for this week. We are now going to have an interview with our friend and neighbor, June Rose, the owner of Kindred Spirits Metaphysical Shop, who has once again joined us. And she's going to be sharing information about how her business has evolved since the shutdown in the spring and continues to evolve during the COVID-19 pandemic and serve customers safely. She also has her fifth anniversary coming up, so that's exciting, and uh, we hope you'll join us and stay tuned. Here at Sock and Source, our mission is to provide information and make it as available as possible to the people in our community. A large part of that is a public service, and we're grateful for the support we have from local advertisers because that revenue helps keep the information flowing to you, our readers and listeners. Local news production does cost money, and that's why we've also introduced a voluntary membership option on Sock and Source, and we'd like to tell you a little more about that. Essentially, the membership 
is a recurring monthly contribution that shows your support for the work that we're doing. It helps guarantee that the information will remain free and accessible to you as well as to others in our community and it also helps fund our future growth. Sock and Source is growing and we're expanding our coverage area. The more support we receive from the community, the better coverage we can provide and the more useful the site will be to you. So that's why we would invite you to visit our membership page on the website sockandsource.com. You can do that by clicking on join under my sock and source which you'll see on the right side of your screen if you're on a desktop or at the bottom of any article page. You'll see several membership options including a monthly membership for $7, a four-month membership for $25, or a yearly membership for $70. These are strictly voluntary contribution levels and they're not any part of a paywall. There's no requirement to contribute, but we are grateful for those who have already done so and we hope that you will consider purchasing a membership in the future. Doing so is quick and easy. You can do it securely online and you can cancel at any time. Thank you again to all our current members and thank you for considering becoming a future member. I'm happy to welcome June Rose, the owner of Kindred Spirits Metaphysical Shop in Hellertown, back to No Rain Day. June was on our very first episode, which was last November, November of 2019, and here we are in September of 2020, which, what a 10 months it's been. Right. Um, we never could have imagined, you know, some of the things that have happened. And um, this is only the second episode of our relaunch, so it's fitting to have you here. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me. As I mentioned, we spoke last November, and then in April, mm -hmm. I hosted a virtual roundtable on Skype featuring local business owners uh, talking about how they were dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. And that was about a month into it when things were pretty bleak there had been basically a near total shutdown of businesses and you participated in that. Mm -hmm. So I wanted you to kind of start by telling us, I know that was a rough period, you know, what the transition was like from then till now. So basically late spring, all through the summer and, and where are you at now? Sure. Yeah. Back in April, I knew in March, on March 17th when they said that the governor recommended we close down and then um, so just feeling a little bit of pressure to close down and get everything I don't know what I was thinking just I, I didn't know what I was thinking because it was so new and then I thought oh that's cool you know I, I could use two weeks off to get caught up I actually had wished for it because I got sick in mid-January to mid-February and I was sick for a month I was and I know a lot of people are like I already had COVID I know I had it but I was the sickest I had ever been and so when we closed down in mid-March, I thought two weeks, and then when they said the next two weeks are critical, and then and the next two weeks are critical, and then and they kept saying it, and it kept going. I'm like, oh, ooh. Uh -huh. So I have, a, you know, a little bit of a nest egg, but uh, <laughs> people, right. even people with savings, that was getting depleted. So as it kept going on, and I thought I could feel it in April, and I thought, oh, they're going to shut down the whole month of May, and then I'm thinking, how long is this going to keep happening? So. We did that round table and I, I wasn't in the right mindset, I don't think, from a business standpoint because I, I was empathizing too much with, you know, 
I was just over empathizing and I didn't realize like some people still were working and some people still did have an income and some people were able and wanted to purchase. So I was kind of only seeing one side of it and working with other business mentors, the small business development center, they're very helpful. They reached out to me and said, is there anything we can do to help support you? And one of the people in that panel said, you know, this is a great opportunity to reach another market, the online market, which I've never wanted to do online. It's just not my favorite arena. I like face-to-face and talking to people. So since April, I actually wrote a letter to the governor because even for my little small business, I still couldn't do curbside pickup. That was considered illegal. Now Lowe's was open. All the big box stores were open. I would drive by. Because you weren't considered life-sustaining? Yeah. Yeah, but even curbside. So I wrote a letter. I never heard back anything, which I didn't really expect to. But so then I thought, how do I survive? Like, how am I going to survive this? I have all this inventory. It does no good without a customer. So um, I started doing the virtual visits, which I had thought about doing that before this happened. So I did more virtual visits. And explain what a virtual visit is. Oh, sure. So a virtual visit is basically you don't have to come to the store. You can call me on your cell phone or call through Facebook Messenger, and then we can just video chat, and I can walk people through the store. So it works really great if somebody had already been there because they know the layout. So I would do a couple of virtual visits, and then I started doing... I was trying to do my meditation through Facebook and do that live, and then just do an online donation through my point of sale, and that was okay but the sound quality like now everything became now i had to shift to like i got a yeti too i had to find a yeti and they were hard to come by like they were all sold everybody was jumping on the same bandwagon and it was full it's like if you've ever seen the pickup trucks in india where there's like you know 250 people on the same like everybody got on the online bandwagon so even finding a microphone was like almost impossible it was like that with everything that you needed like because like it was just like a, a herd of cattle moving from yeah you know yeah, everybody went yeah we were a bunch of lemmings like everybody first needs the hand sanitizer ran out then yep. the rubbing alcohol ran out yeah toilet paper everybody knows the whole whatever so so then I started trying to do that through the internet and I thought I'll just get a zoom account because I have a feeling this is going to be long term let me just plan for the worst and hope for the best kind of thing. So I got a professional Zoom account, and I was trying to do the meditation, get the sound quality for the crystal singing bowls that I do on Sundays. And I was trying to get that to go through the computer. Well, guess what? Everybody's on Zoom on Sunday morning because they all went to virtual church. So right. I'm there trying to do – and my, my regulars on the other side, they would say, like, the bowl would play, and then it would blip out, and I thought it was the technology like if these microphones get too much sound they click off it was everybody was on zoom it was just a big it's like Uh, if you go to a football game and all the turnstiles and like everybody's trying to get through one turnstile everybody was on zoom at the same time so it was a zoom catastrophe it was a zoom catastrophe and then I I tried to pre-record it and then work with a a marketing person to help me kind of like you know make that make it a video but Facebook was actually the best way to do it. And then thankfully we were able to come back on June 5th and start doing in per, and they were like, my regulars really wanted to be back doing the crystal singing bowl meditation. Cause even online, it's just not the same. It's right. you feel the vibrations from the bowls. You don't, you hear it online, but you can't feel it. And it's the feeling of it that makes it so special. 
Right. So yeah, like music too. I mean, yeah. It's not you feel music. You know, it's not the same. It's never gonna be the same. But but that was a, a temporary bridge to getting you. Yeah. To that point. So one of the other bridges was doing the Sunday, doing a live sale. So I thought, let me just, I did the virtual sales and that was kind of a trickle in of income very much. I, and the way I knew it is when I pay my monthly sales tax, that number will tell you where your sales are at. And it was, I think the one month, was it May? I only filed for $32 in state sales tax. Wow. Yeah, that's a good barometer. Of, it was a great barometer, unfortunately. But you don't want to... It was a low number. But, wow. um So I was doing the virtual sales, and then people would call, you know, and ask if I was open. I would, And I went in every day. I mean, I went in just for the routine and the habit and just to, you know, and I have plenty of stuff to do. I always have, as a business owner, you know, that there's always right. so many undone tasks. You're like, oh, if I only had the time to get to that. So that's what I did. And then... Um, I think I delivered one person's order. I dropped it off at their house and I would just, I had these boxes outside. So if people called, I would just get the order thing and I'd just stick them outside. And that's what I did until, and I, and I watched the news to the best of my ability just to kind of keep up with, you know, what the announcements were. And then started hearing after May that, okay, so we're gonna start, you know, reopening. It, it was so funny because like for two months closed and then all of a sudden, like, we're opening in two weeks. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for two weeks. But I was. And then on June 5th is when we, we reopened on a Friday. And what's, what have things been like since then? Um, more like more of a normal? Yeah, it's scene? it's not back to total normal. It's kind of hard. It's like waves, you know. It's like I get a bunch of people and then not so many people and then a bunch of people and not so many. I mean, like, just the other day, what's today's Tuesday? Yeah, yesterday I had a wave in the morning. And that was another pattern I observed is people would try to get there in the morning before they thought anybody else was going to be at the store. And so I would get a bunch of people in the morning. And I've had to actually ask people to sit outside because it, on a Saturday is like the busiest day. So I would get a bunch of people in. And then I had to ask, like, don't bring a large party. But because people's families haven't been out of the house for so long, it's like they're bringing you know hey, the kids the grandma uncle they're Joe. bringing the yeah i've had a couple of families in and just the one day just one day it wasn't i and i use my internal barometer cuz you've been in the space you know it's it's not a big space so right. and people can stay pretty distant in different sections but there was just that one day and i thought oh it's getting so i think i had like a family of four and i just asked them to sit on the bench and it was a nice day and they understood and then the other thing is having people coming in and browsing and only browsing. So I have to limit browsing time. Like they can't just come in and mm -hmm. look around. You have to be more purposeful. Yeah, yeah, with intention. So I've, I've, you know, and I put that out. And the other thing I did that I had wanted to do for the longest time was do a monthly newsletter. Mm -hmm. So I've been collecting emails since last November, you know, when people make a purchase and then I put their email into uh, my system. And so I think it was in May when I sent out the first monthly newsletter. And so now I'm letting people know what to expect, what's coming up. And I actually kept the Sunday live sale because my customers said, we like this. Right. We like it. Yeah. And, and it's also a way for me because, you know, I have a ton of variety, a lot of different items. And even like in one trip, you can't take it all in, it, especially if somebody's there for the first time. So 
when I do the Sunday live sales, I just take a category of items and then I do like a deep dive and I get more descriptive about what it is and where it came from and how you can use it, you know, for your spiritual and your mental well-being. So that's something that stayed. So now that's uh, another part of my other duties as assigned by me. <laughs> right. So that's something else that stuck too. But yeah, I was I was happy to open. I was a little nervous. I think a lot of business owners were like, oh, like how do you navigate all the guidelines and what people want? And, you know, with this shifting information, it's just, you know, staying current, staying present, being cautious, but not paranoid. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of balls to juggle at the same time. Plus and, inventory, plus sales, plus, you know, the regular stuff. And in the back of your mind, I think is always, you know, what is happening with the case numbers? Are we going in the wrong direction again? Are we gonna have to go backwards as far as business? I mean, thankfully that hasn't happened a whole lot, except with restaurants and bars mm-hmm. somewhat over the summer but I think we all know that it could happen yeah in the future oh yeah and that's hard to live with it's hard to base your livelihood on that it you is know? yeah um, and we're but we don't have a choice at this point so no and I think you know with uh all the kids going back to school and all those decisions I mean the poor parents the poor I mean uh to have to decide and you know depending on what information you're subscribing to to make those decisions so and then the teachers and the there's just so it's just difficult yeah i'm so sick of the word unprecedented but really i i would prefer to live in more precedented times if i had my druthers but yeah and i think that's it is they could shut it down again based on the numbers but i watch that every night i just type in pennsylvania covid and then on the left it says statistics and it shows you the little graph of the numbers and they're they're leveling off down. Like, there was a little spike there in, over the summer, but it's it's coming back down again. And I, I watched the... I just Google it, and it says, I think, no new... No hospitalizations. It was just the other day I saw it said... I think for Lehigh Valley, it said zero. Yeah, number. I did hear that. Yeah. There were... Um, so, you have to just... T- like, I just have to touch on the news just to see, Find like, a good statistic, and then walk yeah, away. Yeah, let me open the door. <laughs> What's going on? Okay, and then shut the door, because it's really easy to get caught up in the uh, the news cycle mainly. Tell me about I it. I don't have to tell you about it. <laughs> Do not envy that. Well, definitely, reporting has been a challenge in these times, and, and Johnny and I were just talking about schools, and, you know... I, I feel like I keep holding off and holding off because, you know, you don't want to report something that changes and then you've added to the confusion, you know. So with certain things, it makes more sense to just have a more hands-off approach right yeah, now. Yeah, pause and, for a minute just to wait and see how it plays out. Right, and that but that kind of goes against your instincts. So it's, it's really, it's a tough one. Yeah. Getting back to your business, you sell, for people who aren't familiar with Kindred Spirits, you sell everything from books to jewelry, gemstones, crystals, incense. Sage, tarot, oracle cards, greeting cards, magnets. The, I'd say the most popular is like the sage for helping cleanse negative energy, which... <laughs> Can't keep it on the shelf. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, so Sage is one. And then um, 
the crystals because they have the healing metaphysical properties that can be a supplement, you know, to other modalities that people use for healing and wellness. And then also the tarot and the oracle cards, which when I opened, they have been really turning over quickly because they offer guidance. You know, they offer, they don't, in my opinion, and there's a variety of them out there is they don't necessarily predict the future, but they point towards a path. So they're archetypal in nature mm-hmm. and they just, they reveal where we're at on the journey. So tarot is called the fool's journey and the fool is each one of us. We're all on our own journey of innocence. You know, we start out as an empty vessel, which is the fool, the zero, and then we go through these different stages on our journey. So it just kind of shows you where you you could be on the journey. And then you still have to make your own decisions. You know, it's not going to say do this at this time with this person. It's this is what could be a possible outcome. This is what could happen. This is what this pattern. It's kind of like putting together a, a puzzle of kind of like a map of where you're at today and where right. what the possibilities are. So they've been moving because <laughs> they offer it's like you can connect to that divine spirit and then. Like I shuffle the cards and for a card a day, I'll say, show me something I need to focus on today or show me what I need to work on or just show me something I need to know and flip it over. And then I just interpret, you know, the imagery, the colors, the numbers on the card. So, yeah, sort of a guide. Yeah, it's a guide. That's interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, people are certainly looking for enlightenment and, you know, anything that's, that's going to provide some sense of, Certainty. Like certainty in a, yeah. in, a, in a chaotic world. And um, and there here. isn't any. <laughs> there really isn't. I mean, these are tools that can help, you know, but right. they, they don't they don't absolve us of personal responsibility in making choices. Like, we are still responsible for the choices that we make. Even with all this information, like, just, like, going back to the parents deciding to send their kids back or not. They have to take all that information in, and then they decide with what they believe and with the best information they have. And that's how Oracle and divination, any divination tool works like that. You just take what's there. It's like if you flip a coin, that's a divination tool. Heads or tails? Mm-hmm. How many times have you flipped it until you got the answer you wanted? <laughs> what We'll say two out of three, and it's like three out of five. Five out of seven. Like you just keep going until you get the, the ratio that kind of resonates with what's already what, what you already decided. And... The best thing I heard about a coin toss was when you flip the coin, you already know which way you want it to land when it's in the air. That's how mm-hmm. you know what your answer is. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So we all have our own answers inside. Right. It's just sometimes we need somebody else to kind of help us see that. And the pictures in there kind of are representative of that. They show different types of images. And, and I do tarot readings as well. And I've been pretty busy with doing more and more readings too. Do you do that remotely or just well, in person? Well, I was doing it at Sacred Space, but just yesterday I closed Sacred Space physically and I'm moving that onto Sacred Space virtual starting October 1st. Okay. Because I just don't have enough... Traffic. Yeah, enough traffic, enough... I don't think there's enough confidence in small group gatherings even, like wearing a mask and doing right. these things. So I decided the lease was over at the end of August, and I thought I'm just going to release that space, and then I'm going to transfer it onto um, the virtual platform, which is where many people are going, not only for a sense of safety, but also for a sense of convenience. Because if, say, I hold a class at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning, and somebody has other plans, but if I do a virtual one, they can pretty much sign up for that, 
I can do a recording. They can they can watch a recording. Or when I do the class, like I can do it more personalized. So I think that's going to work out pretty well. Right. No, that makes absolute sense mm-hmm. to me. When you said sage, it made me think of something like covering some of the um, the protests this summer. I would see protesters with sage. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> so There's maybe that that's meme been on... a little bit of a boost for your business. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the, the meme of 2020. Like, there's not a sage stick big enough to sage this year. <laughs> yes. And this woman's holding this massive. Yeah, because it does help to release negative energy or negative entities or, you know, when people have weird things happening in their house. And Pennsylvania is a very, very... <laughs> not haunted but it has a lot of otherworldly energy in it and hellertown too like if you look in that hellertown book you know mm-hmm. like your local town there's a lot of the hexenkopf hill yeah wit- i mean yeah there's a lot we of things that go that every especially every halloween right yeah things go bump around people's houses yes and sage is a good tool it's not sometimes you need like more than one saging sometimes you need other things but it's like it's the baseline for helping neutralize that negative energy or dense energy, anything that's just like a heaviness or, I mean, we've all walked into places and you're like, Oh, it feels good in here. Mm-hmm. And then you walk into other places, you're like, there's something about it. And you can't, you can't quite say what it is, but you feel it. You know, you can just feel that energy. Well, kindred spirits for me is one of those places that, that you walk into. And, and before the pandemic, that's why I would, you know, if you're not familiar with Hellertown, my office is right around the corner from June's store. And, um, it, like, I could go in there and just talk to you, hang out for, like, half an hour. But now I feel weird doing that anywhere just about because yeah. because it's not purposeful. And what if you're spreading something, you yeah. know? Like, so that's kind of, that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> it's a bit of a bummer. It's it's kind of the, you know, it's the current climate where we're at right now. You know, right. and it's just, I think, adapting to the current climate. And when you asked about earlier what I'm doing, you know, to fill the gap between April and now is, and I've heard the phrase too, you have to pivot. Everybody has to pivot. It's like, it's really any business needs to adapt to the current market conditions. That's how businesses stay afloat. If you don't adapt to a current condition, you know, if I had stood in the middle of Water Street when that flood came down, I would have got swept away. I can't stand there and go, go around me, floodwaters. Like, that's not the reality. So I'm a practical spiritualist. You know, like, I right. have the New Age shop, but I'm also a human being in the physical world. And there's there's just natural laws that we have to abide by or, you know, there's natural consequences to natural law. So... And that's where COVID precautions come in. Yeah, it's a natural. Yeah, it's a natural thing. Disease is a part of being alive. Right, right. And and you you follow you know safety precautions. And I do. We were talking about this. Like it's not just you know a black and white thing necessarily. We have guidelines from the state and the federal government, which don't always agree no. with each other. Ultimately, you know, you need to follow the requirements, but, you know, some people go above and beyond because, you know, that's what their conscience dictates to them, or, you know, some people, uh, you know, still haven't reopened it for inside shopping at all. Yeah. I know some businesses that are like that, just curbside. Yeah, because you know, they are, the owners are immunocompromised, or exactly. they have their own, and they said like 94% of the people who passed from COVID had underlying health issues and 
what if you don't know you have an underlying health issue till you get it and then it's too late? Right. So I don't want to find, you know, if somebody came up and said, hey, let's inject you with COVID just to see how you deal with it. Would you let them inject you with it? No, but I, I, I've asked a couple of people that are like, no, because if you think you're so healthy, then, then bio, like be a test subject for the vaccine that they're working on. Let's not go down that road because, you know, that could get a lot of <laughs> right. that. Let's not talk that. Let's talk other stuff because it's, it's a hot topic. There's a variety of opinions, but I'll tell you what I do in the shop and I do it with every customer who comes in, even if they've been there before. And it's kind of hard to tell with the mask. So I'm trying to do my best, but I give them the one, the COVID one, two, three, the mask has to stay over the nose and below the mouth. I have many bottles of hand sanitizer. Um, they use that only if they want to touch the things they plan on buying. And then I have these, they're like hair dye gloves. They're like powder free, latex free gloves. They're mm-hmm. real crinkly. I had to wear them when I went shoe shopping the other day. They have them there too. And, um, and that way people can explore the store and, and pick things up and, you know, put them back down. And so those are the three things. And then I wipe the doorknobs religiously, the surfaces. I open the windows, even with the AC on, just because it's a small space. And those, I think there's three C's to it, like closed. Do you know the three C's? There's the three, I can't remember. I can't remember the second one now. The three C's of what? Uh, it being a greater chance of transmission. Is oh. it, it's enclosed, there's no ventilation. Close capacity. I can't remember them. Clearly. <laughs> okay. I just so know I ventilate the space. Yeah. I, yeah, I use and I have the um, alcohol wipes, which one of my customers has been generous enough to be supplying me with. She helped me out with gloves. She helped me out with the wipes. And then I just went to the grocery store down the road the other day and found they had a shelf full of Clorox wipes. Really? Full. You must have three packs. Had, like. Auspicious timing for me. I was, like. I was. That's the first time I grabbed two, because there and there, and I did feel that instinct. I'm like, I should just grab them all, right. grab them all. Yeah. But I didn't. I thought, well, I need one for my house and one for my business, and that's what I did. But I could feel that in me. I thought, leave them for other people because there weren't. I think there were six left, and who knows how many they opened in the case. It's sort of that, like. Yeah, primitive yeah. Like, instinct, like, to, yeah. for survival, I guess. I guess, yeah. It's scary. Yeah. So that's what I do precaution-wise. And then I, I do monitor, like, how many people are in there at a time. I ask them to try to stay separate. And if I see people getting a little clustery, I ask them to, you know, can you give them some space? So I'm not too policey about it because, you know, I, I do my due diligence I've had a couple of people try to come in with their shirts over their nose. I'm like, no. And I have signs on the outside of the both doors. You know, you have to have a mask to come in this business. Like, we've been wearing masks for almost six months now. How do you go anywhere without having access to a mask? I, I mean, think people forget, too. Because I did. Even coming here, I'm like, oh, crap. I'm, I'm washed. I'm doing laundry now. So they're all in the laundry. Right. But I bought a, a pack of these, like the disposable ones. Because if I do have a customer who comes in and they just forgot it and they drove half an hour... That's a real, and that's a part of this too, is like, how do we help each other through this? You know, how can I be of service to my customers? And so I bought a 40 pack of these masks and that way if they're in, or if they have the bandana, which they say doesn't work, I'm like, here, can you, Right. you know, and, and I will ask people too, like the one customer said over the nose felt a little confining for him. And I think I've had like one person not come in cause it was too, 
I know people genuinely, yeah, I know they generally have that. Now, one thing I did is I bought a Paul Socks, you know, the little finger thing. I Mm. bought one because one of our mutual friends had COVID and he's like, get one of these. Like, if you're not sure, buy one. And so I got one and I sat there with the Paul Socks on with no mask and I did it for like three minutes and got my reading. And then I sat there with the mask on, same number. I I never understood how that uh, conspired conspiracy theory yeah. evolved I mean doctors and nurses wear these masks every day yeah, at work and hours. have for years so yeah. w- why would any of us not be able to wear one I don't know <laughs> like I I'm know. still trying to figure that one out I don't know I am a big proponent of wearing masks and and you know following these common sense safety measures for me like if if I'm not doing it or I see somebody else not doing it, I, that's, you know, anxiety-inducing. Like, so it's hard for me to imagine somebody being the opposite way. Mm-hmm. But that's the reality. So. Yeah. Everybody's coming at it from a million different perspectives. Right. So many. Right. Well, I'm fortunate that I have a job where I'm basically, you know, remote, contactless. Yeah. But, you know, I certainly empathize with you and and anybody else that's like in a brick and mortar business where you're welcoming people you know members of the public because you have to you have such a diversity of opinions and you know and that's partly the american way yeah yeah diverse i love the diversity i love all the and it, it it helps me grow in my own understanding it's like where are my own biases where are my own blind spots when i I do consider the other side. I do consider like I don't know what it's like to have asthma. I don't know what it's like to not be able to breathe and to and and what if somebody had trauma, you know, some sort of a past trauma that this and so I I can't True. speak for anybody's anything and I don't. I speak for myself, which you know, and and people say this like, "Well, it's your business." I'm like, "It is, but it's I don't want to do that authoritative it's my business, my rules." Because it's not, they're not my rules in the first place. It's the CDC, through the governor, through the state, through the business licensing. You know, my business license is up for renewal because I'm in business for five years now. So I have to renew. And they're sending people to businesses to, you know, not, I I don't think. The men in black. Well, yeah, I guess, I don't know. They could be the men in orange or red or green. I mean, who knows? But I just know that. It's a risk that you know I'm not willing to take, and just to do these couple of extra steps feels like I'm just as long as I do my due diligence, that's really all I can do, you know. Right. And and you you know you're never gonna keep everybody happy, so yeah, like, that's not my job. <laughs> I resigned from that a job. long. That's your job. That's right. <laughs> I resigned from that a long time ago. Speaking of, I wanted to touch on that. Your fifth anniversary yeah. is. Black Friday. Black Friday, Yeah. Right? Which we'll is... see. <laughs> we'll see. I'm knocking on some wood. Another superstition we all follow. Well, that's Here's... exciting, though. It is. I know. I can't believe it. Because I remember when I first met you, when you first came in, and it, it, some days that feels like yesterday, and other days it does feel like five years. And it's so funny. So I want to tie this all together. When I do tarot readings, in the tarot, the number five always represents a conflict, a problem, or a challenge. So last year, when I celebrated four years, I knew I was going into my fifth year, and I thought, I wonder what obstacle or problem or challenge my business is going to face, because it's going to in its fifth year. 
there was one time I was coming back from the Tucson Gem and Mineral Show. This was a couple, that was last year. I keep thinking it was a couple years ago. It was only last mm. February. Everything feels like the time has just gone crazy. Yeah. So I was coming back and I was on my flight home from Chicago to Pennsylvania. And the pilot says, and we're number five for takeoff. I'm like, oh, and I was kind of nervous because a storm was coming. My flight had been delayed by a day. And when they said number five, I'm like, don't freak out. Don't freak yourself out. Like, that's just a tarot thing. It's not, has nothing to do with the airplane being number five. So we go to take off. We lift it off, maybe a couple feet, right back on the tarmac. The pilot pulls over and says, we have a problem. So ever since, so when that happened, and, and I thought, oh, and, and I did get home safely, obviously. And when we got back in line, we were number seven, which is like one of the most spiritual numbers is seven. So I felt more reassured, but when I knew I was coming into year five for my business, I thought I mentally just kind of felt like, I didn't know there was going to be a pandemic. I'm not saying that, but I just thought, let me just anticipate like some problems and start kind of arranging my business model in a way that I'm being prudent, that I'm being prepared because you just don't know, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. None of us do. So, so you're going to be starting year six, and I'm going to be am, starting and, year seven. And year six, but oh, wow. six plus seven is thirteen. That's right, but but it boils down to a four. And twenty twenty, <laughs> you got to boil all the numbers down to a single in numerology. And number four is a foundation number. It's like home base. And twenty twenty is building a new foundation. Like we're all uh, kind of thought of that. Yeah, we're all. It's we're all. It's making sure your foundation is solid and level, and the priorities have really shifted. Really, I just think it's funny because remember like 2012 and it was like the Mayan prophecy and everything and nothing happened. No. And there was nothing about 2020. No. And it's been like... Now there are a couple books. There was one... uh, When this first started, people were highlighting... Nostradamus or... No, Sylvia Brown, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Remember? Right. And who else? Somebody else wrote it because I got a call. I think it was a Dean Koontz book because somebody called and said, do you have this book, The Eyes or something? I can't remember. But I didn't have it. I said, no, I don't I'm have that book. But there were two other, there was another book that kind of intimated that there was a virus. It came out of China. It was 2020. Right. But was, like, that sort of came out after we hit the pandemic, I guess. The yeah. books were printed. You, yeah, yeah, I know, but, but that they stuff, became yeah, known. Like, some of it was a bit of a stretch. Yeah. yeah. The, the 2012 thing was blown way out of proportion. By yeah, so it was the Y2K. Remember that? Everything's going to shut down. Planes are going to drop oh, out yeah. of the sky. But the end of the world has been happening since the beginning of the world. It, people have predicted the end of it since it started. I'm sure in 1000, without the social media and all that, they couldn't chisel on the tablets fast enough to get the word out before the printing press. I, w- I remember Y2K. I was not afraid of it. We were just, like, 21 and, like, oh, end of the world party. Like, yeah. You know, like, get up on the roof. <laughs> Wait fun, for it. you know, like, yeah. to, like, well, we're going to witness a disaster. Yeah. You know, but... Now, it's a little different this time around. Like Yeah, this is something. And the only people we could talk to about it lived 100 years ago, you know, during the 1918 pandemic. Right. And not many of them are left. And if, you know, it's... So it's we don't really have a point of reference for something like this. It's not within living memory, which makes no, a big difference. No, that's it. Yeah, yes. not within living memory. So, yeah, it's something. It's a definitely a collective experience. Before... We run out of time. I just wanted to touch a little bit on Hellertown 
itself and sure. and the community and you know I think Hellertown is is it's definitely a tough situation all around but it's faring pretty well the business community like mm-hmm. we've actually seen some businesses open and I'm not saying that no businesses have closed or that other businesses may not close mm-hmm. because definitely there there have been some casualties as well but like I have a new neighbor here with the, yeah. the cafe off the trail that just opened. Actually, Allie was a guest last week, and um, I know some other businesses are planned for opening mm-hmm. in the future. So I got a new neighbor. You do have a new neighbor now. Yeah. Who's your new neighbor? I only know his first name, Phil, but he does woodworking. He's where the laundromat. Used where the to laundromat be. was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll have to go. Yeah. Go knock on his door. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Phil. You don't know me and you can't see my face, but... (laughs) It's funny because I I would drive down Main Street. This was back in April, May, and I thought, I wonder which ones are going to survive and which ones aren't going to. And, you know, I just looked at the different businesses, and I really didn't realize that Sacred Space was going to be one of the ones that didn't. Yeah. Now, physically. And I do think the pandemic is like, it's really transforming things. You know, it's some things are coming to an end. Many people have lost their lives. It's The number is just unfathomable you know to try to imagine and I personally don't know anybody who has died from it but like I said some of my customers their parents have or one of my customers works in a nursing home and she's seen it happen but so yeah it was uh I thought oh well and you know it had its time It, it had its natural run and just like neighbors closing you know after 30 35 years mm-hmm you can look at it and go, oh, that's so sad. Or you can look at it and go, wow, we had that for 30 or 35 years. That's a good run for a business. That's a really good run. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Really good. I mean, you, if you're in business for 30 years, you don't have <laughs> yeah. to, you know, hang your head or anything. You know, that's, that's an amazing achievement. And uh, yeah. DeMeo's just celebrated their 35th anniversary. That's right. That's so congratulations to them. Yeah. Especially right now because... It is a challenging time for restaurants, especially. Oh, for sure. So, and I know I, I stress this, but in addition to supporting all local, local businesses, you know, yeah. please. Then we had a flood? Yes. <laughs> it's like, come on. Right. <laughs> on top of a pandemic, now there's a flood. Although that, that was weird. That was just a freak, totally yeah. freak thing, because yeah. it really hasn't been that wet other than that. But other than the other hurricane. Than that. Other than the second hurricane to hit Pennsylvania. It's like, uh... There shouldn't be that, like, those weather patterns are just, they're looping up here. Yeah, and we still have a little ways to go with hurricane season, I so. Know, I know, Well, our other guest was the Fountain Hill Fire Chief, Derek Richmond, who talked about, you know, how they responded to flooding, and, you know, that's, we're grateful for, you know, our, our first responders right now, oh, too, because yeah. they're, they're not only facing natural disasters, they have to, you know, worry about covid you know just like anybody else yeah. going into you know one of my environments she's a first first responder but she's on the front lines of it she works on a covid unit and you know she's watched she goes in 12 hours a day and watches people go through it and it's calmed down now but i want to give a shout out to her yes for the service that she's done because i watch her you know go to work get up come home just to take a shower all the precautions it's rough. It's it's not just physically a toll. It's like that mental and emotional toll. Because when people pass from it, you know, it's like they're passing alone. They're by themselves. It's it's not a pleasant way to go. No. And I, I second that. I mean, 
second the, uh, the the gratitude because yeah I've certainly watched some documentaries about healthcare workers and and in the U.S. and overseas and I could never do that mm-hmm. like I just don't mm-hmm. have the the uh, it's a special type of person who does that right really like there's some there's something in their spirit that is just strong gentle at the same time loving compassionate service oriented. I remember when we had that talk at Lower Saucon that was the first responders all talking. And the one guy's like, he's a fire chief, or a policeman. He's a volunteer EMT. He's like a father. He's a husband, a son. I'm thinking, how, where do you find the time to just give so much of yourself right. so often? Like, you must have, like, zero time for yeah. yourself. Yeah. And, like, your own, you know, little... I was in awe when he said he was a he was a policeman and a volunteer EMT. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, so I think some people, that's their purpose that's just like their mission on earth is just to be of service to other people and thank god for them really that's like we did a story about um a local guy from from uh well you wrote that johnny i was gonna say he's was, he was very involved as well <laughs> colonel uh colombo right yeah and he's a surgeon at saint luke's he's a colonel in the mm-hmm. national guard mm-hmm. and he's like um, part of upper sock and volunteer yeah. fire like, company wow yeah I, it's like you must work like 180 hours a week or something like i don't know like and he was just so modest about mm-hmm. it too so we you know those people are unsung heroes and Amen. you know that's why i you know i'm grateful whenever i can share a story like that and, yeah uh, I saw you took that picture of the Hellertown Hero. I yes. love. I want to just kind of do a, like a walk. I think driving by there, it's hard to see them and read them. So, and I was in another town. Where was I recently? And they did the same thing. They had the banners up. They really look good. They really stand out. They do. Um, we're talking about the hometown hero banners that are along Main Street, and now they're, they're also right by your store on Water oh, yeah, Street. Yep. High Street, Easton Road, and Northampton Street, and Walnut Street. Mm-hmm. Think that's all the streets but you can't miss them if you're driving through Hellertown no. now and, no. and each one has a unique story and I think there are at least 50 total so yeah. did you go to the fireworks I was there in spirit they were awesome they did a great I job know. I saw I saw I hope they moved into the steel club it was amazing I mean yes. we were I didn't know how many people were there until the fireworks started and then you could see and everybody was like that was so broad and expansive and with like no street lights it right. was perfect well, they did have more room there oh it was perfect yeah. i hope they move them there like i know they do them after the carnival but man they were they were pretty awesome that was a yeah. great location yeah it Everybody. was a little late for us because it was like nine thirty. but i thought they probably timed it because like after the carnival right so i thought why didn't they do it sooner when it was dark <laughs> but i'm not you know. i felt like that when they're after the carnival. I thought they started at ten. But yeah, they might. Yeah, because so. the carnival is normally like six to ten. Yeah, it was amazing. They did a great job. It was a nice, certainly nice that that happened. And, yeah, and that and was a community effort. It was. Yeah, I saw um, Hellertown Area Libraries needing some support too. They I need know. Some community and I'm effort. hoping to. Miss have... Andrea. Oh, she does such a great job there. Her, her daughter, the staff. They, she does that bookmobile, and the energy that she brings, I took Lily there, she did the book... The book bike, Bike, right? bike yeah. in the park. Oh, man. It was, she was so energetic. She had the kids up and moving around, and it was really well done, so... 
I'm hoping to have her and and possibly uh, like the director Noelle on um, a future episode of Noelle yeah. because they've been plugging away and and you know yeah, they need responding to you know the challenges of COVID nineteen, which you know they're a nonprofit too, so yeah. in some ways it's probably even more challenging for them. Mm-hmm. To not have the in person in person contact as much and um, yeah that's definitely going to be coming up on a future episode yeah you know who else you might think of as fries better foods because they really responded well they they responded yes. so great they did curbside pickup you could call in and get your groceries they were there morning noon and night and doing it and now of course you can be in the store but they did such a wonderful job keeping everybody well nourished well fed healthy foods. So I want to give them a shout out. Absolutely. To, my, yeah. my goal in relaunching the podcast is to have at least, well, probably have one business owner every week yeah, on good. for an interview. So, you know, feel free to reach out to me if you're listening to this and you're a local business owner, especially if you're in Hellertown, Lower Saucon, Center Valley, that area. You can email me, josh at saucansource.com, and I'd love to have you on the podcast and, you know, just to remind people, you know, that you're there and, you know, how you've responded to this unprecedented <laughs> situation. It's tough, but I think it's made us stronger and and you know, we're gonna we're gonna make it through as long as we continue to support each other and, and yeah. that's really important and, and that's partly what what I live for. So I wanted to close out with, you know, just reminding people to you know, follow Kindred Spirits on Facebook. Yep. You're on Instagram. Right? On Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we got the newsletter. We got the website, which is Kindred Spirits Books and Gifts. I'm right. still working on that switchover. And then we're open every day, 1130 to 630, except I close at 430 on Sundays. And one thing I did add, because the morning meditation is at 1045, that's been filled up. I can get only 11 people in there. And now there's a. I added a nighttime one from 430 to 515. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, what else? Yeah, and then crystals and sprays and incense. Just things to help people feel calm, connected, centered, protected, peaceful. You're speaking my language now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, June. You're welcome, Josh. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Likewise. uh, See you soon. I'll see you soon. We've been recording No Rain Date since late 2019, and we've produced a fair number of episodes at this point. We would love to hear your feedback about what we're doing. What makes you tune in every week? What ideas do you have for interview guests? Is there something that you think the podcast is missing? Feel free to share your thoughts, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent with us. You can do that by emailing josh at josh at saucansource.com. No Rain Date is a local news and information podcast, and we focus on the Saucon Valley. However, our guests are from the Lehigh Valley and beyond. So please try and keep that in the back of your mind when you're thinking about ideas for future episodes. Thank you. No Rain Date is an original production of Sock and Source, LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening.
Here comes the tower. Sees your face on every tower.